Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I promise you. I promise you that. My favorite place to be anytime, really. I love being here with y'all. Um, before we get into the Word today, how many of you enjoyed the conference? Those of you who came, it was a blessing from God, wasn't it? Wasn't that a special moment in time? Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. First things first. Excellent. So um, we'll be handing out certificates next week. I know there's several of you in here who took the worship class and completed it. So congratulations to you, those of you who took the worship class and finished it. We will have some certificates for you next week. We know Ms. B did a great job teaching that class, and you did a great job receiving. So if you would, let's move on to the new series. If you're wondering why this series seems so familiar, because every year in February I do the classics. been doing it for about 10 or 11 years now. I love it. Last year we went into March with it because I just love telling Bible stories. So the classics are here again, and the title of today's message is, What Are We Waiting For? Someone look at your neighbor, I don't do this usually, and say, what are we waiting for? Yeah, look at me now and say, what am I waiting for? That is the question, isn't it? So let's get into it. Um, we're going to begin today in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Now here's some background. Crazy, sickening, and disgusting times for Israel. It's just like Moses he was one of the greatest prophets in history. He saw God and in person and spoke to God. And Moses said, one day when you stop serving God, here's what's going to happen to you. You will be besieged by your enemies and you will start and resort to cannibalism, eating your own kids. He predicted it hundreds and hundreds of years before, and that's what happened. In the verses previous to this, before the verse where I'm starting, the king was walking and uh, someone said, my Lord, the king, help me. He said, what is it? He said, man, we ate my kid yesterday and we went to eat my neighbor's kid, but she hid him from me. What do I do? It's in the story. It's an awful, awful place. Look, in, look into that in 2 Kings chapter 6. So they're starving. They're running out of food. They're eating each other. They've resorted to cannibalism, just like Moses predicted hundreds and hundreds of years before, all because they left God out of the equation. They didn't put God any, first anymore. They worshiped idols. Now, we're going to start here, though, because there's always someone who serves God. Someone say, there's always someone. Uh-huh. In the midst of this, we're going to go Bible words here, the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, here you are on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night or on the live stream seeking God today. You are different because you've chosen to be different. Let's begin our story here, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. The prophet, he was the protege, he was the disciple of Elijah, and he was twice as anointed. He asked for twice the power, twice the portion, a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And he said, listen to this message from the Lord. During, during the siege, people are doing all this weird stuff. They're selling animal, animal waste for money. I don't know if they were eating it or using it for fires. It sounds gross, but let's just be real. But here's what he said in the midst of the situation. He said, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, you know how bold this is? For the prophet of God to say, you're going through it. It looks impossible. People are dying and eating each other and stealing from each other and nothing to eat and barely enough to drink. 
By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, right here, six quarts of what? Choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. Supply and demand. Twelve quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. Wow. And look at what the officer assisting the king said to the man of God. Prophets don't do well with people not believing them. You study scripture, they're not kidding when they speak a word directly from God. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. You're saying the market's going to be flooded with products? We have nothing right now. Based upon what you're saying and the law of supply and demand, that means there's going to be so many things showing up that everything's going to go cheap again. He said, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. heaven. Elisha replied, you'll see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. Now there were four men with leprosy. Someone say four. Leprosy. The translation of your Bible says leprosy. It could have been any contagious skin condition. We always just say lepers, not leopards. Leopards have spots and they're animals. Okay, these are human men. They're lepers, L-E-P-E-R-S. They had leprosy, a skin disease. They're sitting at the entrance of the city gates. And I love this question. Y'all really buckle down and listen to this. They say, why should we sit here waiting to die? Have you ever felt like that? They looked at each other and went, why should we sit here waiting to die? Now, I love the logic and the godly wisdom here. Look, look at this. They say, we'll starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the what? To the Aramean army. That's the Syrian army. If they let us live, great. So much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. Sometimes you got to just do something, man. It was time, and God would... They didn't know, but God was speaking to them and through them at this point. I don't even know if they knew the word that Elisha had spoken, but they said, what are we doing? We're just standing here looking at each other. We're just going to wait here and die? So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. Powerful story. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. (laughs) For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. Isn't that just like God? Freaked out the enemies of God, the enemies of his people. Remember scripture says, God says this, he says, I will trouble those who trouble you. Now, if you're not acting right, you're living an immoral life or an illegal life, you say, man, they're troubling me or I ain't been acting right and they're persecuting me. No, no, no. The book of Peter, uh, the apostle Peter said, no, no, no. You get persecuted for right living, not for living like the devil. Say, I ain't been living right and everybody's against me. Well, turn it around. God turned this thing around, right? We got to mention the, the songs. Everybody in church got to mention the songs when it fell on good ground, right? They said, man, we heard the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. Huh. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. This is a miracle from God. So when the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, can you imagine their confusion when they went? They went into one tent after another, (laughs) eating and drinking. All of a sudden, they were about to die, and now it's party time. Someone say party time. Yeah, they're like eating and drinking wine. Man, they were just really living it up. And they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. They couldn't even, you know how it is. They've been poor for years. They've been rejected and outcast for years. They stumble upon this and go, man, let's eat to our fill. God did something. We don't know what it is. And they start hiding stuff. People are crazy that way. Finally, 
praise God. God spoke to them and through them again. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. (laughs) This is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, they had a fear of God. I love this. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Something bad will happen to us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Verse 10, they're energized by now with all the good eating. You know, they have gold and silver and clothing now, new clothing. They're probably wearing rags. So they went back to the city and they told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Aramean camp, they said, and no one was there. The camp of the Aramaeans had been surrounding and besieging the city. It would have to be months and months and months for them to resort to eating each other. They said no one was there. Look at the next verse. The horses and donkeys were tethered and the tents what? They were all in order. But there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people in the palace. Let's pray this morning. Let's ask God to speak to us by his Holy Spirit in his word. Father, I thank you for your people gathered here together in one place and on the live stream in person or otherwise. I thank you for the word that's falling on good ground. I thank you that your word will pierce their hearts and mine. Your word will do its job today. It never returns to you void or empty-handed. Thank you today once again for this opportunity and privilege, and we thank you that you're speaking to us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So what are we waiting for? This story begins, my first point is despair. Despair is a feeling of hopelessness. You've been there. I've been there. Those that say, I've never felt that even for a moment. No, humans have felt this. Even if you've encouraged yourself in the Lord, humans have felt this point where they say, man, this may be a distraction from the enemy. It may be a distraction from my past. I don't know, man, are my sins haunting me? Whatever the reason you gave, you said, man, I really feel despair right now. I feel low. I feel hurt. I feel, is this emptiness ever going to be filled again? I don't know if this is what we have felt, but those, those of you who know us, you know that we don't have children of our own. We love kids. We have a niece. But, but without warning, we had our beloved man he was like the prince of the house we had our beloved first dog he died the other day gentry big blonde dog he's like i know he's not your kid but even scripture says that an animal can be like a son or daughter the prophet nathan spoke to david and said this little lamb was like a daughter to this poor man so man we felt such loss i don't know that i was feeling despair last night but i was shoveling ice in the backyard Man, I started to remember that crazy, crazy nut of a dog stole my heart. Because you know what he would do when I'd shovel ice? And I've never shoveled ice without him being there, even when he was a puppy. That first snow in November of 2011, he was there helping me. Say, so how did he help you? I'd shovel the ice, and he'd try to catch it in his mouth for an hour, two hours. Never understood the point of that. He'd go, <sighs> like reaching for the ice. So last night I'm shoveling ice, and y'all know Izzy's not 100%, our second dog. Those of you that know us, we thought, we thought Gentry was going to outlive her, but I was just thinking, Lord, even through my tears, call it sadness, call it despair, yet I felt hope. I really did. I felt hope in my heart as I began to praise God. I said, Lord, thanks for lending him to us for all those years. Thank you, because you're good. 
So I, I, why, have I, why am I bringing up our dog this morning? Because despair is a situation where it feels impossible. You say, man, will I ever feel better than this? Am I stuck here? I don't believe me and my wife are stuck, but it's an example to tell you our grief at missing someone. I felt that with my mom. My mom was not the same as our dog. It's a different kind of grief. I mourned mom for years. I had stomach issues for years mourning my mom. It tore me up. But in these times where you grieve someone, within the last year, Sophia lost her dad. Some of you lost other people. Ms. Norma lost her husband. Yeah, I believe in 2020. It hurts. But remember, situations just look and seem hopeless, and they just look like there's no way out. The lepers prove that to us. It all starts with despair, the cities in famine. But then, through the despair, you know what they had? All of a sudden, and you know they were despairing. Can you imagine these guys are looking at each other going, man, we don't even look right. Our skin's falling off. We got a contagious skin disease, and now we're out here hungry too and in ugly clothes. Who knows the depth of that conversation? They're like, can you believe it? What, what, did, we do? what did we do to deserve this? But then, someone say, but then. This is, the, this is the part that gets exciting to me. Because the next point for you is a plan began to be stirred up. I'm going to tell you right now, if you've been in the depths of despair, make a plan. You plan it out with God. Talk to God about your plan, but make a plan. A plan always helps. Remember, that tunnel seems dark, but remember, there's always a light in there somewhere. You just can't see it at first because your, your eyes haven't adjusted to the darkness yet, but there's a light in there. There's a little bit of light. Said, man, no, you know what? There's a way out of this. Start to make a plan. Why? Because it's a future and a vision for you. Some of you have been going through stuff over the years and maybe this year, maybe right now, and you say, all I've got, Pastor Matt, is I feel a little bit of light saying, when I get through this situation, I'm going to really thank God for this. That's a start. Some of you say, man, when I cross over this, I know it's going to end. It has to end. It's felt like it's going to be this way forever, but I feel like it could get better. Mm, that's a plan there. The plan is starting to arise. Say, man, how do I get there? How do I cross over right now and get to where I need to be in God? What do I do differently today? Someone say differently. I've been told that the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. I'm going to just do the same thing. I feel awful. I'm struggling. I don't feel close to God. I don't feel close to my husband or wife. I don't feel close. Or I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here or this job or whatever it is. Life is life and it happens. But you can't keep doing the same thing forever if you want different results. They figured it out. The lepers, they were out there going, what? What on earth? Let's read verse 3 and 4 again. They're looking at each other. And they're going, why should we sit here waiting to die? I know that God has not called you to die in this situation. You say, physically, Pastor Matt? I mean, spiritually, I mean, you just feel stuck. Emotionally, psychologically, you say, man, I need to move on. But why am I, mm -hmm, what are we waiting for? You're not called to sit somewhere and remember the past forever and just die there spiritually. You're not. You need to start formulating a plan. Look at verse 4. I love this. Let me just read it again. 
said, we'll starve if we stay here. Come on, relate this to your situation now. This is your time, and I can feel the presence of God and His Spirit is causing this to go deep into your hearts and fall on good ground, the soil of your hearts now, so you can reap a harvest with the Word of God. Look, look at the wisdom here. We will starve if we stay here. If we stay right here, we're going to die. But with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So you're looking sometimes, you as believers, you say, if I stay here, I'm not going to make it, but I sure can't go back to my past life. I sure as heck can't go back there. Because you know how that is. It's funny how sometimes you don't remember all the bad. You, you said, man, that was a rush. Boy, I felt the dopamine in my brain, man, when we used to do those crazy things. I remember people bragging about their past life, and I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but you were miserable. You didn't even know how you got home. You were vomiting all night. You didn't know who you slept with. That sounds terrible. That's not fun. And a lot of people, they live that life, and they can't remember they were having fun anyway. Word to the wise. You don't want to stay here and starve in the same position, stuck and stagnant, but you sure can't go back there. I like what they said. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. They said, let's do something different. It sounds a little crazy. I'm, let's just do it. Let's just do it. If they let us live, so much the better. Sometimes you say, man, if I go forward, I think I may die. I don't know if I'm going to make it. i got to move forward. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, no. Sometimes you can combat that fear just by taking steps. Growing up, Dad used to tell me, you're worried? It's time to act on what you're worried about. It's time to act. Stop waiting now. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, huh, we would have died anyway. These guys are champions. So we got to do something different. Someone say something different. Uh-huh. If it's been a while since you read your Bible or prayed and you're struggling emotionally, you're struggling spiritually, you don't feel close to others, you don't feel close to God, it's time for a change. Get into that one-year Bible. You say, man, uh, we're already in February. Then start in the book of Matthew. Start in the book of John. Start somewhere. It shouldn't take you a year, it shouldn't take you a year to read through one book of the Bible. Can you hear me? Start and finish. Even if it's a chapter a day, you're going to blow through that book after a month or two months, whatever. But do it. Get into it. Your goal is three chapters a day. You say, man, how do I, do I just read around, read around? Start in Genesis or start in Matthew is my advice. But start. Someone say start. What's crazy is a month from now, you will have started 30 days ago. Two months from now, you'll have two months behind you. You say, man, I've got to know the Lord more. more. I know what Pastor Matt's talking about more now. You don't have to raise your hands. And this is not, oh, you see, man, he's really getting after us. No, no, no. But many of you, didn't. Even, you've never heard this story about the four lepers before because you've never read through your Bible. That's not me sticking it to you or making fun of you. No. As believers, many people forget this. They say believing is just going to church. No, believing is reading and praying, reading the word and praying, but it's also serving. Uh-huh. We've got to move on. Can't be stuck, and you can't go back. Say, man, I can't stay here because I'm stagnant. It's crazy, man. I'm breaking a sweat right here, even though I'm not, I just don't feel like I'm moving anywhere. I'm running in place. Nope. You can't go back. Can't be here. I'm going to move forward, even if it, it's overwhelming. I'm going to move through it. Someone say, move forward. Mm -hmm. Move forward. So let's go to verse 5. I like this. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. Remember, we're going to read through verse 8 right here. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. Remember? 
The Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians and the whoever else to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. Hmm. So when the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another. Remember this? Eating and drinking and being merry. Throwing a party. Four people found a camp with the spoils and supplies and food for thousands and thousands and thousands of men. And they carried stuff away and hid it and silver and gold, did all kinds of crazy stuff for a minute there. And then they came to their, themselves, right? But in finding that, you know what they discovered? They discovered hope all of a sudden. Did you guys see that? In this story, they not only discovered hope for themselves, these guys go, man, we'd been despairing, but we, we had a plan, and now we've stumbled upon hope. Sometimes you stumble upon hope by accident. Hope means God can do this. I'm just waiting for him to do it. God can. Now, faith is you go, God will do it. He's going to do it. It's on the way. But these guys were in the midst of hope going, well, man, we thought we were going to starve today. Now there's hope. And I, I know their faith is being activated now, but the beginning of it was hope when they showed up at the camp and nobody was there. You put God first. And just like Pastor Coy Barker said a week ago during the conference, you're going to look behind you for the ones who troubled you unrighteously, wrongfully, and they're going to be nowhere to be found. Did you know the people have given me a hard time over the years? Now, I've, served, I've chosen to serve God. I've made lots of mistakes. I've repented. I've had to humble myself. I've had to come to seasons of brokenness and repentance and, and, and dying to certain things, putting my desires, my fleshly desires on the cross of Jesus and let, let them die up there. But did you know that when I would humble myself and people were persecuting me unrighteously and wrongfully, there are those that I've outlived, even physically. Some, man, one, one man, one man of God years ago, he said, man, what you got to do is outlive the critics. You say, man, they're, they're putting me through it. I was doing my best. I really did. Or this was a mistake, but I humbled myself. They wouldn't forgive me. Whatever the situation, God says, you know what? Move on and hope because you can leave all that behind. You don't have to go back to what you were. Don't ever let people bring you back down into the mud, down into the dumps, down into the place of despair, down into the pit. That's the past. We're dealing with a situation right now, and I've had to speak this because I'm dealing with someone, and I said, Lord, you said you'd trouble those who trouble me, and you also promised me no harm would come to me and my wife in this situation. You would take care of us. And just like God said, this was in the fall. It looked impossible, a situation. It's begun to develop, 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 and I'm waiting for a miracle this week. We've given our first fruits. We don't buy miracles from God, but we give expecting miracles to happen. Now we have all kinds of hope. There's hope for the future, even through the midst of mourning or grief or sadness or whatever you've experienced even recently. There is hope. And when you find hope, come on, this is the key to keep hope unlocked. This is the key to keep hope unlocked, is point four today. Walk in truth and embrace it. You stand on the truth. Don't stand on lies. Don't stand on, you know, people who walk in lies, it's because they're walking in fear and all kinds of other stuff. They don't want 
folks to find out certain stuff. They have shame. Hey, you got, you got to fess up. That's old school for confess it up. Give it to God. Some of y'all understood that. That's country speak, I think. You got to confess to God or to someone you trust, but always to God first. Scripture says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's great news. So you don't have to be stuck there in lies or fear. Remember, there's many people who have a public life, a private life, and a secret life. And you got to submit all of that to God. Did you know the truth is always the right thing? It may not be the right time to share all the truth and everything you know, and you don't want to be a gossip, but the truth is always the right thing. Why? Because Scripture says truth lasts forever. Truth will stand the test of time. Lies, they're temporary. I loved it in verse 9 here. Look at verse 9. They said, this is not right. This is a day of good news. And we basically need to share it. Let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Let's go back and tell them. It's the truth. It's going to bless people. Let's not keep this a secret. you got to allow God to let you reveal stuff at the right time. But did you know, some of your grandparents used to tell you this, that honesty is the best policy. Honesty is the best policy. It really is. You, Come on. Stick with me here. Get into the Word now, today. Don't wait till tomorrow. This afternoon after church, get into the Word. Start reading your Bible. Start telling the truth. Start walking in hope. Get out of that despair. Don't be stuck there. Make a plan. I'm going backwards with these points right now. And in 60 to 90 days, you'll turn around and look and you'll go, wow, look at the difference in my life because I started doing these things. It's very scriptural. It's not something I'm making up. Look, this is a great example for us. Walk in truth. Someone say truth. You've got to fall in love with the truth or you will always fall for lies. Fall in love with the truth or you will always fall for lies. Whether it's believing lies about people or you gossiping or whatever. You say, man, that's not my thing. I know, but even in your mind and your heart of hearts, you need to believe truth. How do, you, how do we do that, Pastor Matt? I go back to get in the word so you know what truth is. Facebook will mislead you. Meta or whatever they're calling it now. Say, man, no, there's some stuff on there. Yeah, the Hobbs 411, uh-huh. They've had a lot of lies on there and gossip. That's a bunch of bull. you got to be careful. Do they put good information on there sometimes? I'm sure. I don't mess with, with that. But I've seen fights and fear and all kinds of weird stuff stirred up just on Facebook. Well, he said and she said and, man, it reminds me of that guy on, the Ant- on, on Ant-Man. You remember that Mexicano dude? He said, yo, man, I was talking to Fly Girl the other day. It was a neighbor's, sister's, cousin's, friends, God babies. You know what I'm saying? And they told me this. There was something going down. And he's like, I'm like dude, that, I don't know how you got anything out of that. It sounds like gossip. Hope there's some truth in there. You got to walk in truth. Someone say, walk in truth. Walk in truth. And when they walked in truth, to this day, We have memorialized four lepers that we did not know their names. We still don't know their names. Just four guys who were sick, had a skin condition. God used them to rescue Israel. God can use anyone in anything. Look at number five. Number five is honor. God honored these men for telling the truth to rescue Israel. We still talk about them today. The guys who said, what are we waiting for? Are we going to wait here and die? 
They came up with a plan. The plan gave them hope. The hope in their hearts, they said, man, we got to share this with someone else. It's becoming faith now because we see it. It's already happened. He said, man, do I need faith for this? Well, no, it's already in front of your eyes. But now because of what God did, you say, God had, has done it. He'll do it again. He took care of us. Now we believe more than ever. And they went and shared it with the city. And the city got hope, but then they sent writers to find out if it was the truth because they thought it was a trap. But then the truth was there. The truth can be tested by time. And now because of this, these men are honored as heroes even today. Over 2,000 years later, maybe 2,700 years later, maybe 25, well over hundreds of years past 2,000 years later, we still honor the four lepers as men of courage, faith, and daring. So don't look down on yourself. You say, man, I got weaknesses. I got handicaps. I got things I can't do. I got gifts that, well, don't worry. I can never be in a hair commercial. Maybe a razor commercial or clippers or something. I, look at the bright side. I'm aerodynamic. The wind is going to start up today, supposedly, and it's just going to go. Whoosh, whoosh. Use what you have, man. God's with you. He wants to honor you for walking in truth and hope and having a plan centered around him and stepping out of despair. Let's go through those again. It started with despair. But these guys said, we can't die here and we can't go back. So let's have a plan. Let's have a vision for the future. Then in doing that, they got hope as they went toward the camp and saw that nobody was there. The hope became faith. And beyond, they said, faith for God to do something else in the future because look what he's done now. It's here. It's arrived. It's already arrived. Then they told the truth. Someone say truth. Truth is such a, such a commodity these days. It's become so rare. And in telling the truth, they became honored heroes. Someone say, I am called. Raise your hand. Let's do it again. Say, I am called to be a hero of faith, honored by God. Say this, say, God has promised to crown me and the year with honor. Say, God promised. Give the Lord a clap offering for that. So in closing today, my point five, my fifth point, honor. These heroes, man, wow, heroes of the faith even. They did that by faith. They said, well, we couldn't do, we can't do anything else. Let's just step out. Even if we die, we're going to do it. And they, Israel, the country of Israel and Samaria, they received a miracle from an unlikely source. Did you know God can and will work through anyone with a humble heart? Anyone. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. God is working in you. I can feel it. I can feel it, man. And did you know when I speak the word and I can't feel it, because that happens sometimes, I say, Lord, I gave you word, I don't feel anything. I know by faith, I already had the hope that God could do something. But now I know by faith God is speaking to you whether I feel it or not. He has spoken to you. If there's anyone in this house at the sound of my voice, anyone on the live stream, those on the live stream, check your hearts as well. But those in the house, you have the ability and the privilege to be able to raise your hand in person today. If there's anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never made him publicly the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand? Because you say, I don't know where I, if I died today, I don't know where I'd go. 
I may not go to heaven. God bless you, Mika, for your courage. I see you. More importantly, God sees you. Anybody else? You say, man, if I died tonight, I don't know that I would make heaven. I don't know that I would be in God's presence. Scripture says it is appointed unto mankind once to die, and after this the judgment. There's no other place you go after you die. You either go to heaven or hell. That's it. That's what Scripture says. That's what Scripture says. Anyone else? You raise your hand and say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Is there anyone else? All right. God bless you, Miguel. Thank you for your courage. Let's pray today. Everyone in the house, let's unite our faith and our voices as family. Someone say, Heavenly Father, I can't make it without you. I need your mercy, your grace. Say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord. I believe you died and rose again for me. And you are Lord of all, God in the flesh. Now please forgive me, Lord, and cleanse me. Save me from myself and from my past. I thank you for the forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet, if you would, in faith. I need to remind you that this is not the end of it for you. It's not only the end of the line for you, but even if you've struggled through despair and tough situations, it's not the end of the word and the plan and the purpose that God has for your life either. So go ahead and raise your hands in faith today. Let's pray together. I know God has spoken to you. I'm going to agree with you. Father, I thank you for today, your people, the family of God, the local body of Christ at this church, Kingsgate Church. I thank you, Lord, because you're faithful, you're good, and Lord, you're with us. No matter how we feel, you are with us. You are with us, you are for us, and you live inside of us. That is a winning, unstoppable combination. Now, we trust you today. No matter what it looks like, we will not stay in despair. Lord, we'll move forward with a plan and a vision to seek you. Lord God, we'll gather, we'll gather hope. Lord God, we'll walk in truth, and we believe by faith we'll be heroes honored for our faith one day. That's what Scripture says. We can be in the hall of faith, just like in Hebrews, all the greats, the great men and women of God. Just like what's in the bulletin, those verses about all the greats who believe God, all the stories that we're told and we've read and we know that are, they're true. Now, Father, we thank you that your word has fallen on good ground. Your people are healed, saved delivered and walking in truth. Now, real quick, if you're hurting anywhere in your body or you've had a diagnosed sickness, diagnosed or undiagnosed, go ahead and put your hand there. Let's believe God. Let's believe that you're healed. Your back, your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, whatever it is, your gums, your teeth, your mouth, your eyes, whatever it is, you've had headaches, a brain bleed, you're healed right now, I declare it. There's no pressure for me to perform because that is the name of Jesus. It's according to your faith. You believe with me. We agree. Let it be according to our faith together. We unite our faith today, Father God, for healing in this house. I will hear about the healings and the miracles soon. I believe, God, and your people believe. Stomachs are healed. Anxiety is gone and depression has gone. In Jesus' name, get out of here, fear and anxiety, torment, bad dreams, worry, 
stress. God, give us wisdom to balance our lives, and we cast stress out too. You say, that's not a demon. Yeah, but we stand up against it. We don't have to walk that way. We thank you, Father, because your will is being done in our lives. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven today and forever. In Jesus' name, all the people of God said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord one more clap offering today.